Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our last episode on uh, becoming new um, managers or, and, and learning a little bit. So we wanted to talk a little bit about setting yourself up for success in leadership. And uh, some of the questions are like, well, how do you continue to, to challenge yourself? And, and part of it is, is to grow as a leader and to provide some of that growth to the folks around you as well. So uh, maybe Carly, we'll start with you. How do you continue to challenge yourself in terms of your leadership and, and the experiences that you have around them? For me, my biggest challenge continues to be giving and receiving feedback. Mm -hmm. I find giving difficult feedback to be very challenging because I'm a very empathic person and I I don't like being the bearer of bad news, but it's really important. And also receiving feedback because it's very hard to receive feedback. Uh, It can feel very attacking or very personal if you don't know how to digest it personally. So to first start off about the importance of giving feedback. I've done a lot of reading and research on how to give feedback well. And there's lots of different, you know, schools of thought. Uh, A common way of giving feedback, for example, is, you know, the sandwich method where you start Mm -hmm. off with a compliment, you give the the crummy sort of unpleasant feedback you need to give, and then you end with another pleasantry, which some people disagree with. Some people say just cut to the chase. But again, that goes back to getting to know your team and getting to know your direct reports. So just becoming familiar familiar and challenging myself to not shy away from uncomfortable conversations. Um, Because again, there's another great quote from Brene Brown that says something about, you know, you can either choose to spend a reasonable amount of time addressing issues or an unreasonable amount of time trying to to squander those issues. So leaning into those conflicts and, and being kind and being truthful in a way that isn't malicious will only help people down the road. So I'm constantly trying to challenge myself to to give that challenging feedback, but also remembering to give positive feedback. I think that when we when we think of the word feedback, we often default to oh constructive criticism, but it's really important to give positive feedback as well. And I've read a, a stat somewhere. I think the recommendation is for every piece of constructive feedback, you're supposed to give three to four pieces of positive feedback. So mm-hmm. I make it, you know, I make the effort to consciously provide positive feedback to each person on my team as much as I possibly can. So they have the confidence in knowing that, okay, what I'm doing is being recognized and is actually making a difference for my team. So that's for the giving feedback, receiving feedback. That is a whole other ball game. Uh, I, some people thought I was crazy for doing this. Um, but for the first time this year, I sent out a 360 feedback survey. And for those of you who may not have heard of 360 feedback, Think of a, you know, a feedback circle where you're getting feedback from people above you. So your boss and your superiors, people laterally or beside you. So other managers that you're working with and the people, you know, below you. And I say that in air quotes, but really your direct reports to the people that are reporting into you, because often when you receive feedback, it's often top down. It's often from your boss, but it's, I would argue even more important to get feedback from the people you work most closely with that report into you or work alongside you because you're working with them a lot more than your boss. I mean, I have one one one-on-one with my boss every week that lasts usually 15 minutes. That's the extent of my interaction. So he doesn't really know what's going on. It's much more valuable to hear from others I work more frequently with. So hearing what people had to say about my performance has been really eye-opening and things that, you know, I was aware of. Um, it was validating to know that I, I had an understanding of where I needed to improve. But the, the 
beauty of 360 feedback is it really shines a light on the blind spots that you're missing. So I really encourage people to do it. It's really simple. Um, the way I did it was through a Google form and I structured it very simply. What's one thing that I should stop doing, one thing that I should continue doing, and one thing I should start doing. And mm -hmm. it just was a very vague open prompt. People can add as much or as little as they wanted. And it was a really valuable way to challenge myself to lean in to hearing some feedback that I shy away from. And it's been a, a huge growth opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a, a very uh, simple yet effective uh, framework that the, the uh, start, stop and continue. And I think it's worthwhile that uh, if, if you do get that feedback uh, for yourself, then you can grow, right? So treat that as a way, a learning opportunity for you to get better. And on the giving feedback, um, the things that spoke to me were uh, one is to uh, that useful and that positive uh, feedback is so important. So one concept is to become a, a praise prism in the sense that uh, praise is not a finite resource. Like you can keep on giving and giving and giving and it's, it's not like you only have one or two, you can constantly do that. So the more that you can give the, the better to your point of the kind of the four to one uh, ratio. And uh, one perspective is, is to uh, provide a brutal honesty but delivered with kindness, right? So if you can do that, then that kind of puts a different take on your, your sandwich. Sometimes people call it like the open face sandwich because you don't necessarily have to uh, tag it on with something, but there's all sorts of ways, but yeah, it can be a skill. And the first time you do it is challenging and it probably doesn't make you feel good, but that you'll feel a lot better for having done that. So um, Bianca, what about yourself? How, how do you challenge yourself to, to grow in, in your leadership skills and, and development? So part of my leadership is that um, I also manage student staff. And something that I've really been realizing over the last year is the power of play in the workplace. Yeah, okay. um, and and I, I always kind of knew loosely about this, but really managing the student staff has really reaffirmed to me how important play is um, in the workplace. I think work is so often seen as this thing that you just, you know, you go to work, you get in, you do what you need to do, get the job done, and you're out of there. But bringing play, actually cultivating and fostering it in the workplace is so important. Mm -hmm. play, play is about creativity. It, it's tapping into our ability to imagine without, without restraints, and in turn, this helps to increase productivity and engagement and morale, which is so important. Even, um, even just earlier today, there was a project touch base that I had with my team and so much of it was centered on playfulness mm. as opposed to just, here's what we need to do, duh, 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 get it done, give me the status report on this project, where's this thing at? there was more gamified aspects to it. And in gamifying it, there was something that we were spending weeks on trying to figure out how to make it better. And by approaching it from this game lens, we actually have a new organizational structure that we're going to be showcasing in a couple weeks. And I really think that being able to foster the play in the workplace really allowed us to sort of strip off that veil of, oh, things have to be done in this certain way or look this certain way and just allow you to imagine and reimagine the way that things could be when you're free of these these restraints 
Yeah, I think that's amazing because it's a different perspective where uh, you, you, like you said, you, you treat work as this thing you have to do to help pay the bills. Whereas, you know what, we can't have fun. <laughs> we can actually enjoy our times here. And uh, oftentimes that, that creativity is one where, so depending on the type of work that you do, isn't necessarily uh, thought of. So if you can kind of incorporate those elements in whatever you do, then that will definitely make for a, a more uh, interesting leadership experience. So uh, what, what about what's, what's next? So as you kind of grow in your leadership experience, obviously you're still young and early in, this, in that uh, journey, uh, but what's next for you um, in terms of the leadership uh, process? And Bianca, we'll, we'll start with you first. So in the very soon future, um, I'll officially be starting school as a full-time master's of science and management student um, at Ryerson University, which I'm very excited about. I'm really zeroing in on wellness interventions um, in the workplace. And that's gonna be about a 16 month program. So it's gonna be sort of the bulk of my, my focus for the next little bit. Um, but in the, I guess, mid future and far future, I, I really love consulting. Leadership consulting is truly where my heart is. Even just saying leadership consulting, I'm like, ugh, look, <laughs> like let's solve your problems. I particularly love um, uh, things like change management. So okay. I'm transforming team culture, um, building, building team resilience in especially in turbulent times. Um, organizational prioritization, what that is and, and how to do it effectively. And um, I really also love the realm of communication, uh, particularly with appreciating multi-generational workforces. Uh, and many of the workforces that I've worked in, there's been three, four generations all working together. And it's, it's such, it really is a blessing to be able to work in a truly multi-generational team. And I've learned so much about how to do that effectively. Um, and I really, really love it. But my favorite, 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 favorite thing is team culture, especially um, onboarding. Onboarding is kind of that thing that uh, really is jazzing me up right now. I'm doing, uh, I've already done some great presentations for some external organizations and I have another one coming up next month. And because often onboarding, people think it's the same as orientation, but it's very different. Mm. Orientation is a part of onboarding, but in an earlier episode, I mentioned how important that first 90 days is mm -hmm. when you're entering into a new role. That's really what onboarding is getting into, truly tapping into that 90 days and making it um, a really transformational process for, in this case, new hires. And so, yeah, that's that's me. School first, but leadership consulting is, is down the pipeline. <laughs> Sounds good. And, and yeah, it, it speaks to the importance of that uh, onboarding and, and starting out right. Because if you think about it, when uh, things grow and, and you improve on it, you improve on the improvements and you get kind of that compound interest effect, right? But if things are, are challenging and difficult, well, you almost get that reverse compound interest where it gets that much harder to do that. So starting people out right in, in onboarding and, and it's more than just the orientation training, uh, to, to your point, uh, is super important. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of consulting you can do with that as well as the other areas that you, that you spoke about. So uh, Carly, what about for, for yourself? What's next for you? 
For me, uh, that's still to be determined. I'm still quite happy in my current full-time job, but you know, I definitely see um, opportunities ahead uh, to continue to grow. I would love to stay in higher education for the foreseeable future, but I, I am definitely open uh, to experiencing other avenues. I've never worked for the private sector, for example, and that has always interested me. Being a manager in a unionized environment is very, very different from the private sector. So I've sure. been told, and I'd love to have the experience of managing even larger teams and um, you know, managing managers. I currently manage uh, one manager, Bianca, who's on the call with me uh, <laughs> to call with us today. Um, but I would love to experience managing more than just one manager. Uh, and similar to Bianca as well, because again, lots of similarities between us. Um, I'm also looking to enter leadership consulting, uh, still at the infancy stages of figuring out what that looks like. And Bianca and I have been in conversations on where we can collaborate because we have a lot of uh, similarities in terms of what we want to focus on. But like Bianca mentioned, she is one of the most amazing onboarders I've ever seen in my <laughs> professional career. And, and that's something that she really enjoys. Um, for me, I'm very much interested in, you know, helping teams work through toxic uh, team cultures. I've unfortunately have had the experience uh, working on numerous teams that had very toxic workplace cultures and trying to work through that. I think I can offer a lot of help experiencing it and overcoming that myself. Um, change management's another big one I'm interested in, like Bianca. And another really important one, because this is where a lot of my own experience comes from, is interdepartmental leadership. I've been very blessed and have led um, numerous teams and organizations that work very closely with other stakeholders, other organizations, and other departments. And it can be very challenging when you're not constantly working with those people on a day-to-day -day basis and just making sure that you're on the same page and making sure your values are aligned and where they're not, how can you compromise? Um, so lots of just like bringing people together and finding finding ways to come together peacefully, uh, I think is a very exciting opportunity. And I'm very much looking forward to see where that leads. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of uh, collaborations will be underway for, for the two of you and, and, uh, and elsewhere as well. So as we kind of wrap up this uh, little uh, mini series of, of um, folks getting into leadership at, at a young age, or actually at any age, because I'm sure a lot of this information could be applied for anybody at any, any generation, what is kind of some of the, the, the parting swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier for any of the new managers that are coming out there? Uh, and, and hopefully something that you, well, haven't necessarily said before, but maybe just re-emphasizing uh, as well. So, so maybe Carly, I'll, I'll ask you, what, what is some of that in order to help set themselves up for success? A really important piece, I think, is saying yes to opportunities that you may try to talk yourself out of. There's okay. always going to be the voice inside your head that says, you're not ready, you're mm. not experienced enough, you don't know enough, they're not going to take you seriously, and that's not going to get you anywhere. Uh, if I said that to myself when I became a manager at the age of 26, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am today. So don't be afraid to take risks and throw your hat in the, or your, ring in the, your hat in the ring and putting your name forward for opportunities that interest you because you really never know where it's going to take you and the people that you're going to meet along the way. Yeah, and that reminds me of that Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky quote that uh, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So uh, well, you might as well put your hat in the ring and, and see if they, they say yes. They might say no and, and you're no worse off. But if they say yes, wow, a huge opportunity presents itself. Um, Bianca, what about yourself? What, what are some of the swipe that you share for managers to help set themselves up for success? I would say that it is very important in 
your leadership and your management journey to be honest with yourself and to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, there really is power in positive self-talk. And I, I personally, I wish I definitely knew this earlier. Um, the, the way that you talk to yourself truly does shape your day, maybe even by extension your life. Your brain doesn't really know the difference when you're joking versus being serious. So you really need to be careful with the words that you are claiming and bringing over onto your life. So often in my early in my early leadership management days, I would jokingly, with I guess a little bit of truth to it, put myself down. And it was almost like a defense mechanism, like, oh, like I'm gonna fail because this, this, that. And it's like, okay, well, if I did fail, at least I joked about it, you know? But when I really started to flip the script and focus on the desired outcome that I wanted as opposed to the million of things that could go wrong, I really started to see a difference in how I would show up to conversations, how I would show up to meetings. Rather than telling yourself all the things that can go wrong, think of all the things that can go right. There's yep. just so much power in being able to really talk to ourselves with kindness and to put courage and love over our lives and, and to really claim that for ourselves. Yeah, sounds good. And, and what comes to me is is the uh, quote, I don't know who said this, but it, it's what uh, appreciate what you appreciate appreciates, right? So when you focus on the good things, you get more good things. When you focus on the bad things, you tend to get more bad things. It's kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and one of the quotes, and you probably know, I love quotes, uh, but uh, for he who thinks he can and he who thinks he can't is probably correct, right? So if you think that you can, you, you probably will. If you can't, then you probably won't, right? So, well, thanks both of you for joining us for this kind of mini sewed series where we have a couple of discussions on leadership. Well, thanks so much for uh, engaging in this conversation and hopefully we'll have you back for uh, more discussions on different topics other than leadership. But thanks so much for sharing your swike and your insights. Thank you Thank so you. much. So thanks for joining us. And if folks want to reach out to either of you, uh, where can they find you? So, so Carly, wh where can folks reach out to you? I'm most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find me on Twitter at cbassian, so C-B-A-S-I-A-N. And on LinkedIn, my name is Carly Bassian. Happy to connect. And Bianca, how about yourself? For me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Bianca Mary Show. And that is the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at LukiDanu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.